Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus, and I'm joined by my friend and yours, Michelle. Hey. Hey. It's been a while. It has been a while. It has been a while. Mm-hmm. And we are not going to apologize because I have been injured. <laughs> and we have been working really hard. So we're just here to talk. And we are the Musty Collective, creators on a journey to better storytelling. If this is your first time listening to us, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for spending time listening to us wherever you are, walking your dog, driving your car. I don't know. Doing your thing. Driving your dog. Driving your... Mm, Walking no. your car? Nope. Not doing that with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Even though it's musty. In here. Today, we are going to talk about 2022. It, it's been a long time coming. It's March, we know. But we, we've had this episode written out for a while. So... We're just going to do it. <laughs> and basically, how did 2022 go for storytelling? The time that you'll be listening to this, the Oscars that wraps up, in my opinion, wraps up film making and storytelling, at least in my mind, for 2022. That's one of the reasons why I think it's important. It's like the final hoorah. It's the last big award show to happen that kind of marks 2022. So it would have been over. So those votes are in those awards have been given out and i'm probably really peeved <laughs> on wednesday so check in on me check in on me but anyways we're looking forward to 2023 and we're gonna talk about avatar 2 because i promised y'all i would talk about avatar 2 mm -hmm. so without further ado let's start the show Okay, like you mentioned earlier, you said you were injured. So how have you been? I have been doing a lot better. And just to keep it short, I was honestly in a dark place personally for me, emotionally. It's I'm an extrovert, proud extrovert. You know, I do love time by myself and being alone, but being forced to be cut off from people was really hard for me mm -hmm. to be honest so and the surgery went well it was a success it was a success to reattach my achilles tendon but it was very painful after the surgery mm -hmm. and i was not in a good place yeah i'm in a much better place now mm -hmm. but that's my that's my short answer wow Anyways, let's talk about Avatar 2. <laughs> okay. Who would have thought that James Cameron, over an entire decade later, released another box office hit with an Avatar sequel, Avatar The Way of Water? Mm. Did you enjoy watching the second Avatar film, Michelle? I did, but I have to share one caveat. I hate watching films in 3D. 
That's I know not, you can't say that about this film. <laughs> it's literally made for 3D. No, I know it's made for 3D, but it's so I don't know why. It's just it's very like disorienting to me and it's hard for me to like see. I don't know if it's just my vision or whatever, but I don't like 3D and we watched this with the 3D glasses and everything and it was just bugging me the whole time. But the movie itself was great. I wish I saw it in 2D so I could fully enjoy it. Okay. What if James Cameron put this in a VR 360 degree experience? You put on our, our quest here at home and you strap that on. You you load up Avatar the way of water and you're immersed fully in Pandora with a 360 360 degree view would that be okay yeah that would be different okay all right because i to me there's no other better way to enjoy and immerse yourself in the world of avatar in the world of pandora to be a navi there's no better way to do it than 3d i completely disagree with you but i respect your opinion thank you i i personally really like the way of water i've seen it twice in theaters and I would see it again, but I can't drive myself to the theater. So <laughs> Michelle yeah. actually has to do important things to keep us afloat and alive. Anyways, so <laughs> I actually liked Way of Water more than the first Avatar film. I have been told I am incorrect and people disagree with me on that point. But I would contend that the story plot is actually more original than the first screenplay. And the story built well off of what we had previously experienced. And that is, that's really the end all be all argument. And you can say that Jake was better and what's his partner's name? I just forgot her name. Uh, anyways, you can say Jake, my Jake was better um, in like, as far as his character development in the first movie. And I, I would agree with you. It was kind of dispersed among the children really. And it was more about the children and their journey through the way of water. Mm -hmm. But Besides that point, this was a script that was actually original and really spoke on something different than essentially copying from Ferngoli or Dances with Wolves, which mm -hmm. is what, in my opinion, James Cameron did. And there's nothing wrong with that. But let's 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 just acknowledge it for what it is. Avatar The Way of Water actually was original. Mm -hmm. It told some actual different storytelling and it brought me through the act one two and three process in a nice and beautiful way and it was so immersive and the music was so enthralling it really just made me think what if it was possible to be in another world hmm. high praise yes yes <laughs> um i think i'm glad you enjoyed it I I would agree that it did feel original. I think it was definitely something new. There are some elements to it that did feel a little like I may have seen it before in other movies. Like but what? Just like, I don't know. You've just, never seen a Na'vi before in, in movies. Not that. It's just like <laughs> the context of like the family relationships and stuff. Like, I've seen yeah, the, that the tropes. before. Yeah. They're, they're the tropes. That's true. So, um, yeah. And that way it was, like, familiar. But I think it was, yeah, it was really great. It was a very long movie. Um, Ten hours long. Don't stop playing. <laughs> stop playing with that. It was good. It was a good ten hours. 
So for characters and plot points, we want to highlight a few things. Um, so Jake and his family. Pretty much he is... It's kind of like a blended family. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. So there's like... It's... I don't even know how to describe it. Okay, it's like... It's Jake, Natiri. There's Kiri. Kiri, who is actually an old woman. Yeah, really, that's what I think. They try to hold this mystery of like, who is my daddy? Who is my daddy? It's essentially Sigourney Weaver's character reborn as a teenage woman, um, in my personal opinion. Yeah. And it's actually voiced by Sigourney Weaver. And she did a great job voicing a teenage girl, to be mm -hmm. honest. And then there's the two brothers, and then there's like the little the little the little brat, the little brat spider. Girl. No, the little brat girl. Oh, there's a girl, but then yeah. there's also I don't count spider. spider as part of the family. I don't count him as part of the I family. I mean, he was hanging out with everyone. Anyway. He's part of the family. Especially after anyway. the end of the movie. Well, we'll get into that. But um yeah, so pretty much he's trying to protect his family, kind of like he was uh, Jake is, yeah. Yeah, Jake, like he was learning how to protect the Navis in the first film. Right. He is now I think it's narrowed down to like I need to protect my family. And to be honest, I think the film did a great job in zeroing in on the focus of the film instead of making it about the entire Navi forest tribe mm -hmm. or the entire Navi water tribe or clan. Mm -hmm. And I think focusing it on his family and getting really into the characters, to be honest, even though unfortunately I don't remember their names. Like, I can see the older brother, or at least the younger brother, and Kiri, and kind of, like, hear them talk, and I know who they are and what they're going to do. I got to really know them as, as characters. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was really cool. And then um, there were a lot of different family dynamics here. So there was, like, father and son relationships and mother, mother and daughter relationships. Um, did you have anything you want to say about that? Yeah, so... There's uh, the father and son arcs. There's Jake and his two two sons. And it it makes me sad because I'm an older brother. But the older brother does everything right and then dies on behalf of the younger brother. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it. Uh, you're listening to the Musty Crate podcast. We do no spoiler warnings here. Or we, we do sometimes. But the point is, we're going to talk about this film. Anyways, um, but then you have... The younger son of Jake going through this whole process, and he's really like the focus. It looks like he's going to be taking over for Jake as the main character of this franchise moving forward. And he makes all these decisions that are some are actually good, but they just they endanger other people like his brother, like his sisters, like Spider, like his family. His decisions um, lead to them having to leave the forest area um, and head to the water and his decision to go like hang out with the, the horned whale that was outcast was a good decision, but it also leads them into like just more trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and leads to, and then him having to go save spider, which is again, why I dislike spider, um, gets his older brother killed. So it's just all these situations that are happening. And Jake, it, you, you see him struggling as, as, as a father really to, he wants to protect his sons he wants to raise them right. He wants to raise them up as soldiers. But he's struggling. And you see him kind of have that scene with his oldest son at the end of the uh, towards the end of the film 
where he just gets to like be with him and hold him once again, you know, as a, as a younger version of himself. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm not a father, but I would be pissed if I lost my son and especially in war. So I just think that was very interesting there. And then you have the idea of Spider and his father, who actually is the old antagonist villain from the first movie, come back reborn into a Navi body. And Spider, and this is what I do think is a little off with this film, is throughout all this time, he has spent most of his life with this Navi family. And he kind of betrays them at the very end because of his biological link to his father. And I think it's just, I think I think this is very interesting what they're going to do with that and how this is going to play out in the franchise. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting though, because it kind of, especially like with the, the horned whales situation and stuff, it really talks about like being an outcast and not fitting in. And I feel That's like true. with spider too, he always must have felt like an outcast with the Navis. They, they definitely display it. Like he's, painting himself blue at mm-hmm. the beginning of the film so that the the na- the nature the natural world doesn't attack him mm-hmm. and people keep talking about that he doesn't have a tail mm-hmm. it's yeah that's true yeah. that's a super good point so he must outcasting have... is definitely a major like word or outcast is a major word in this film yeah so he must have like some kind of I mean, I feel like that's what drew him to make that decision because he actually felt like even though that character wasn't Navi, in a way, the father, he still was drawn to him because he wanted community and he wanted to be part of that. Yeah. It, it, and also I, I, what I do like about this film is that it does speak to that father and son relationship. And, you know, as a, as a son who has a father and hopefully one day I will have a son as well, it it's something that I'm drawn to as a man to kind of learn from these stories, these examples of like, how would it be to be a father? How, what is it like, what is it really, what is the right way to be the the right son or the correct son or the obedient son or the son that does the thing that is important? It, it's hard. You had two examples and it, you know, I don't want to die. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> so it, 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 it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to watch, but it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I do want to touch on before we move on. I want to touch on the final battle, and it was and I, I it was very interesting. Like the beginning of it, like I was getting hyped up, not as much as like watching um, Marvel's Avengers Endgame that kind of hyped up, but it was pretty hyped because you knew both groups wanted to kill and tear each other apart. And when the Navi were finally loosed and they weren't just like holding back. And they're like, okay, we're just going to go all in. And then the horned whale, the outcast horned whale comes out and like just destroys and murders their boat and starts like rat, like, you know, they dismember, like the horned whale helped to dismember arms and limbs, like from the, um, the humans, uh, like the outsiders. So it was really, really epic. But the moment where Natiri, Zoe Saldana's character makes the decision to put a knife to Spider's throat. That's when the movie really became real, right? It was real the whole time, but like it got real. Like there was some real consequences going to be here. And she had like when she saw her son dead, her, her eldest son, and like she just got like and 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 Jake was like trying to tell her, "I need you to be strong." He should have left her behind there, 
so she couldn't make that kind of a that kind of decision and left her there so she could just grieve her son but when she when he told her you need to be strong and she put on those warrior eyes she like blacked out and she looked scary as a mug on that <laughs> boat killing those humans i was like to be honest after watching this film i rather take on jake even though he's a trained soldier i rather take on jake than Natiri any day because Natiri is like when she got into that mode, I don't want to like demean her, so I'm not gonna say any of the words that that would demean her and her character, because I do want we gotta check this. Like they're Navi, but they're still like people. You know, we gotta be careful what we say. But like she like blacked out and just went in full. I'm going to get revenge for my death of my son, and I totally relate to that. And but the fact that she stepped across the line and was willing to slit Slider's throat, like those are gonna have some consequences in the next upcoming films and i'm here to see it and i do think james cameron did a brilliant job of making me want to see the next film hmm. so how did the movie make you feel and why i felt i felt love i well not felt love i felt joy i felt yeah i felt a lot of joy in like the first three-fourths of the film and then i felt super sad because again the brother's death even though he wasn't like a meaningful character because they didn't spend much time in him building him up it was just sad to see him go and mm -hmm. also because it was very discouraging like the humans seem to like they really want not seem they really want pandora and its resources and they have the strength and the military might and technology to do it and i just don't see how the navi can actually win which is good from a story perspective because now like they have to build an like an answer to actually finally push back the humans and say, look, you cannot have Pandora. Mm -hmm. But I don't like I feel really bad for the Navi. And it's just it's just sad that, to see this kind of colonization. And it's like worldwide massive colonization. And it's just like humans just don't listen. They don't learn. And it's it's just really disheartening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, it felt like it was like euphoric in a way in the beginning because it was just so beautiful and you wanted to be there. But then that's a good word. Euphoric. I like that. People just screw it up. Humanity just like has to ruin everything. So like, I don't know. It just felt more. It went from being like this heavenly type of place to Earth. Yeah, <laughs> just that another sense. Earth with its Earth problems. Yeah. But for real, like if there was a way to create like an immersive VR experience where you could just travel through Pandora and it was full VR, man, I would be in there every day. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. So does this film kindle love? Yes, because of the family dynamics. Like that's one thing that was so nice and so wholesome about this film is... The family members did care about each other. I'm not counting Spider. They really, like, even down to Took, little Took, like, in her and Kiri's relationship as older sister to the younger sister, they really did care about each other. And, you know, I love the scene. It's, it's childish. It's a very tropey scene. But when Kiri gets picked on, then the two brothers come in and start fighting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I love those kind of scenes. I'm a full-blooded red American, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> It's just, it's just those kind of scenes just warm my heart. I'm like, yes, mm -hmm. fight for your family. So 
uh, yes, I think this film did kindle love. So, Michelle, did, did Avatar The Way of Water kindle love for you? Um. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hot take. Um, no. Oh, wow. Okay. It kindled more hatred for what humans do to this earth. Dang. Honestly, I mean. strong word. Because, like, if that whole ending scene didn't happen, sure, it kindled love, family relationships and everything. But, like, uh, it just, it makes me, I, I think that's the purpose of these films is to make you mad about what destructive behaviors humans are doing for the sake of gain yeah and to make you want to change and do something about it um so i definitely did that for me like i feel more disgust for human beings and for yourself um because we're all i yeah i put myself in there we're all part of it no i mean like some of my behaviors like i could do better in helping nature and the planet Right, but it, we all are a part of the system that's adding to it. So mm-hmm. I don't, even if you do better, right? Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, just statistically, it's the big corporations that need to do better because the little things that us little folk do doesn't do that much change. But if the big corporations changed, that would help everyone else to right. do better. But even like, yes, and the big corporations, totally agree with you. But I, I think like the deeper thing is just... We have to change our mindset of what life is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And that's like a that's like a drastic change that will probably never happen. That's depressing. lighter note i would say well this could go deep too but um we recently released a chat gpt video um if you want to watch it it's on our youtube channel the musty creative and it's under the name trying chat gpt for the first time um so we tried chat gpt and we thought it was really interesting and it's a great tool and there are plenty of people that are actually concerned about it because they of copyright issues and plagiarism and all that stuff. Um, but it was it was pretty fun. And I think there are ways to use ChatGPT that are um, helpful and not stealing other people's ideas or copywritten work. Yeah, I, I I do think there are good good ways to use generative AI, which is like the class of AI that has ChatGPT, Midjourney, and other AI software and out there that that you can use. I, there are there are good good ways to use it where you don't have to steal from other people. And well. I don't know. Midjourney actually doesn't <laughs> count, I guess. But ChatGPT <laughs> can can count. But um, as far as what we're what we're experiencing with it, I've I've used it for basically helping me to write emails, 
helping me to write some code as well, which has been fun. Python code and C sharp code. That's, that's, that's actually been pretty cool. And so we also got a, a fun email from some, uh, some friends over at story experiential and they sent a newsletter talking about like how ChatGPT can be used for the writing process. And we just want to read a quick section, a section of this. And it, it's really about the idea of like a ChatGPT can be an assistant for the writing process. And they say telling ChatGPT to write a great story will not replace the writing process. And this is true. And if you watch, you know, our video or other videos where people are, you know, reacting or, or using ChatGPT, you there is some work in creating the prompts um, and being creative with the prompts and being like a strategist and tactician with the prompts that make the process of writing with ChatGPT possible. So, anyways, that's that's my side note. Let's continue with the newsletter. Um, our program. Is about finding a story. This is story experiential. Our program is about finding a story which is meaningful and unique to you. And nobody can do this better than you. It will always be the choices you make in the writing process, which define your unique voice as a writer. Tools like ChatGBT can help you as a brainstorming partner as you go through the process. And they have a couple of examples here. Generating writing prompts to inspire your creativity. This is very true. Assistance generating natural sounding dialogue for characters very true i'm not great at writing dialogue for in my screenplays and michelle is but i'm not and so ChatGPT actually can be very helpful for that research assistance quickly find information or historical scientific for historical or scientific details help with plot development and structure whether it's finding a good place for an act one break or a way to amplify your theme in act three i'm not too sure about this because i'm i'm still not sure like ChatGPT can do acts one, two, three, but their act threes are kind of generic and bad mm. based on our experience so far, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, and that just proves that it's not a complete process. Like if you want like high quality stuff, you st there still needs to be human elements to it. So like, oh, yes. And even though they can do an act two, like we all know that act two is the hardest thing to write in the screenplay. And it's not like ChatGPT can do that for you. And the length in which you can do it until there is a recent, there's going to be a more recent update coming out um, for ChatGPT, which will allow you, if you're a paying partner, to do like an actual novel length of text, which is going to be wild. But at this moment, you can't do a novel length of text. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then editing help compress your story down to the core elements via summarization. That I have not done, but I do believe that is something you can do so mm. the whole thing that we're talking about ChatGPT, and i know that there's there are some problems when it comes to generative ai and and software like midjourney that's literally taking examples or copying or straight up plagiarizing artists work we're not talking about that because that is wrong mm -hmm. and we at the musty creative do believe that artists should be compensated and there should be maybe some kind of tax thing that happens on companies or software like Midjourney, and and i've used it i do like Midjourney, but it it crosses the line when you can take a url from someone's dribble and then say <laughs> make this look like this and mm -hmm. give me four versions of it i mean that's yeah. pretty much stealing like <laughs> that's not cool mm -hmm. so anyways um but chat gpt i think for as far as generating text 
and prompt using prompts for like email prompts and like writing some summary stories and stuff like that. You know, you can even do like podcast show notes. You're listening to the podcast right now. <laughs> and I think that is awesome. Yes. All right. So, Michelle, what was your favorite piece of storytelling in 2022? Mm, so I couldn't pick just one, obviously, because there's just so much storytelling happening. Um, but this is my list. The Chosen Season 3. Bel Air. Man versus B, mm, starring Rowan Atkinson, which he's just amazing at comedy. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for that. Um, Wednesday, that was really good. I really love Jenna Ortega in that. Um, the Legend of Vox Machina, which is a great show by Critical Role on Amazon Prime Video. Please check it out. It's really good. Um, The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser. The Woman King. Woo! And then the lesser known, Garrett Animates, which is a YouTube channel. Um, the videos that I saw from this were him creating animated birds out of voicemails from dads leaving messages for their adult kids. And I think it's really hilarious. Um, but this guy, I think he's an animator at Disney. So it's like really good animation, but it's really funny. What about you? What are you looking forward to in 2023? Yes, in regards to storytelling, uh, there's a lot to look forward to. I'm one of those optimists that I like to just look at the bright side of things. And I'm I'm excited. Story, you know, 2022 didn't wasn't as great and as grand as 2021 or 2020, but it had some it had some bangers. Uh, one thing that you left off your list: everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, that yeah. was the best story in 2022. That was pretty amazing. But you had a really good list. There's a couple things I disagree with, and I'm gonna spend the next hour and a half telling you why those things should not be on your list. Oh. So here we go. Man versus B. I'm just playing. Okay. All right. Oh Anyways, what are you looking forward to? 2023, Jesus. Uh, Mario. It's a me. The That's... Mario Brothers movie? Yeah. And you know what? Maybe maybe Chris Pratt was the right person. I'm starting to come around. Oh. I'm starting to come around on him, to be honest, because maybe the Italian voice stereotype maybe wouldn't be good to put that all global with this movie. Mm. But regardless of that, it looks beautiful. Like too beautiful for this world. <laughs> like the animation, the the colors, the 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 way the the models and the textures just bounce off the screen like mm. it looks so good. I didn't think it looked that good. It looks so good. It's so weird. But it looks so good. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. Then I'm also looking forward to, and it's happening now, Mando season three. So we're, we are watching that and that is fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can say right now. Okay. Let's see. Uh, And then lastly, I had, I had more things on the list, but I'm actually taking stuff out. Um, I'm excited for fat roll and Hubert Hubert's journey to continue in storytelling. If you've played the game, 
uh, you get to the end, you'll you'll know if you've played the game to the end, you'll know what why I'm saying this, and I'm I'm hoping we can get back to that. So that's what I'm looking forward to, right now. Cool. All right. Well, that was it. I know it has been a long, long, long time since we <laughs> released a podcast episode. But I had fun doing this. Mm-hmm. I did too. And yeah, we hope to be back again. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you are just a longtime listener, I just want to say thank you so much. If you're a one-time, new-time listener, thank you so much. And thanks for giving us your ears for these few minutes in your life. It's really important and precious. Mm-hmm. Now, our next episode, we don't know when it's going to come out. But we will finally drop the Woman King episode. We're going to yes. talk about the controversy. We might even have a guest appearance. We're going to have the screenplay. And we're going to go through that. And we're going to go through the movie and just comb through it. This is a movie that I really, really enjoyed. I think it's being fully disrespected at the awards, in my opinion, my personal opinion. At the Oscars. The Oscars, the Golden Globes, I think it's being completely disrespected. The Hollywood is... Is, is disappointing me this year. So we're going to go into it. We're going to give it its proper due. And we hope that you are ready to enjoy it. I will probably rant maybe one or two times. Mm. If you like that. One you or two. Yeah. If you would like to be featured as a guest on our show, you can email us at themustycreative at gmail.com and tell us your story. And a big thanks to our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast possible. If you want to become a financial supporter of the show, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash mustycreative and help make this show the best. Yes, and again, to the Patreon, to the Patreon community, our supporters, people in the Musty Collective Discord, really appreciate all of you and what you bring to the table and thanks for your long-term support couldn't do this without you you mean so much to us and you're seeing all the behind the stuff we've been still uploading to patreon and you're seeing all the behind behind the scenes stuff going on so you're seeing what's coming down the pipe there's some stuff coming down the pipe that's exciting so we appreciate you patreon people and uh that's that's all i want to say oh yes so let's close the show that's all we have time for. <laughs> Remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and find us on Twitter. Mm, maybe. <laughs> it's, a lot of things have changed in the past couple months. Uh, definitely still find us on Instagram and Facebook, I guess. And now it's time. Uh, definitely find us on YouTube. Go to the art YouTube. That's where we're uploading yes. stuff. And now it's time to shower up. Give them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.